From deep inside the Death Star, I'm Chad Beter. And I'm Andrew Richards. Prash Masseria. And Zach Holmes. And welcome to Defrag Tools, the show that takes you inside Microsoft and inside Windows. Uh, we're very excited today. We have Paresh and Zach here from our power, uh, Kernel Power and Fundamentals, Fundamentals teams uh, here to talk about, give us an update on a, a feature that we kind of talked about in a previous episode, but has been updated now for Creators Update and does a lot more, right? Right. So there was a previous video on yeah. sleep study. Power Config Sleep Study. Power Config Sleep Study. Yeah. So that was your tool to go off and figure out what was going on with your modern standby system. And that's all it did. Right. Yeah, we got all these people emailing us like, well, I don't have a modern standby system. This doesn't do me any good, right? Right. It's like, well, what about when the system went to hibernate? Right. Or it shut down or a bug check? What about all those details? Yeah. So, natural evolution. Yeah. We have now what we call the system power report. System power report. SPR. SPR. And this is still part of the power config utility, power CFG. Yes. I will demo exactly how to get there. Awesome. So, you know, we'll, we'll have all those details for you. Great. Um, just want to provide some details as to how we got here. Okay, right? great. So, people wanted a full timeline view of what was going on. Mm -hmm. And as I said, we just gave you those 10, minute or 10 minutes or longer modern standby sessions. And people wanted to know, well, what was happening before that point? Did I have a modern standby session that was less than 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. Was I in hibernate? Was I shut down, as I mentioned? Uh, in particular, was I in an active session? I think that was one of the big feedback that came back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's also details about, you know, there's so much more in the system event log. Yeah. It's just buried in all those events. Can you pull some of that into the report as well? And then finally, as you said, it's only on modern standby systems previously, sleep yeah. study. Yeah. Why not give the fun to everybody yeah. on your S3 systems? So yeah. taking all that together, system power report seemed like a good name. Yeah. Right? We're covering everything related to power, not just sleep. So mm -hmm. it's kind of one tool to rule them all when it comes Pretty to much. power. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, so is there so any limitations to how far it really goes? I mean, is there any gaps now that you've been focusing nope. on these smaller windows? No, nope. we will give you every single second that effectively occurred on that system. Now, keep in mind that for smaller sessions, it may not make sense to give you all the detail that mm -hmm. was available. So for example, for modern standby, it takes components a couple minutes, in some cases, to actually get down to the right power state. So we still focus on those 10-minute sessions and giving you that deep breakdown of the blockers getting you to that software power state. But for the smaller sessions, we'll give you some static information, and at least you can see what happened. Mm -hmm. right. now, I was in modern standby, maybe for a short period of time, but I was there, right? Cool. Is it so demo time? It is demo time. Let's check it out. So for folks who are used to sleep study, well, I have good news for you. You can still run sleep study. Backwards compatibility. Backwards it's compatibility. The Microsoft way. Right? So it doesn't have a new name? We will get there. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the report still is labeled sleep study report, and the reason being is we didn't want to break any tools that OEMs or partners, et cetera, had. Oh, like if you know. they're parsing these reports. Exactly, yeah. right? There's an XML uh, version of this that you can generate, which is a slash XML file, and uh, a lot of folks use that programmatically mm -hmm. to parse various aspects. So even though it does more than just sleep now? It, it is still, still called sleep study report. Okay. But I, I like that. I like consistency. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people do. But if you run that, oh, that's a different tool. You can run that too. System power report. You will get the same sleep study report generated. So are these exactly the same, these they two commands? They are exactly the same. Okay, they so are all whichever one you want to use. Right, and if you don't like typing, you can run slash SPR. 
and you will get the system power report. I am liking right. this. So we got three uh, uh, synonyms here. Yeah. All right. Sweet. All right. So let's actually dig into the system power report. It is called system power report for all intents and purposes. That's what it says at the Despite top of the, the page. file name. Despite the file name. <laughs> okay. Right? Backwards compatibility is, is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you'll notice it's very much similar to what you had before. Mm -hmm. And if you ignore these uh, radio buttons for a moment, this is what we had previously mm -hmm. in the sleep study report. Now, when you actually open up the HTML file, you'll actually get all of this new information. Ah, so this wasn't there before. This was not all there the active, before. active, hibernate. Right. Okay. Oh, there's even a bug check there. There's even that. a bug check and color-coded purple since we had already used red. <laughs> <laughs> but it is still bad nonetheless. You could get blue, blue screen of that. I was going to say. But you can see here that we have basically every second accounted for in this timeline, right? Nice. Yeah, very cool. And this is still the same uh, model where we give you three days worth. You can also, in the timeline, set the duration to give you the past 28 days. Right? And you can still dump all this to an XML file. We're actually taking a collection of tracing that's happening on the system, simpler to sleep study with modern standby, but we're also pulling data from our system event log, as well as the E3 uh, logic that we have in place for active screen on sessions. And then there's a number of other components plugging into the right. active screen on cases. That's right. So why don't we dig in to yeah. some of these and give you some more details there, and yeah. we'll go from there. So why don't we Great. start with uh, active cases? I think this is the one we want yeah, to look I at. I believe that is. Yeah. There you okay. go. So I'm going to just scroll down Let's and. That's what you Sure thing. Um, so, as, as Paresh mentioned, I'm looking at every um, activity that occurred on that system um, across the span of time of this report. I'm going to sing single out one specific one. Uh, it's an active session, two hours and 13 minutes, 26 seconds. Shows us the total energy consumed from the battery, the percentage of that specific battery and that calculation of the rate of consumption, or the milliwatts. Um, so if we go into that and get an idea of what you can see within this specific session, again, summary we just looked at up here, um, you see the entry reason, the monitor turned on, um, and then the exit reason. And this is a good emphasis on what we consider a screen on session. Mm -hmm. So for a user, this session was probably um, lumped in with a longer usage session. But me being this user, I plug my device in, and we switch to a new session so that we can delineate the consumption and the data within that DC session, because that's what we're really concerned with is around the DC consumption. Mm -hmm. It's still very interesting to us to see the processes and their attributed energy in that AC session. I'll talk about that in a second, but really the biggest emphasis here is, again, battery life. So Batteries, the DC yeah. session is what matters to us. Within that session, um, I'll go a little bit higher up. The philo philosophy of this um, specific session framework is we wanted to create a loose framework that allows additional providers to plug in and provide data for us in a way that they specifically will be able to consume to understand what happened within that session. Um, so currently we have the E3, which comes from our work. We have screen brightness, duration histogram, and we have a Lux histogram. We have work in progress to get indexer in, and an example um, of that would be they can provide data aggregated in this specific session about what the activities they were doing in that session. So that allows us to not limit ourselves to one set of data to actually have the consumers of energy within that session provide data that is reasonable to them to be able to RCA why they consume so much power. Um, as I mentioned, screen brightness, duration, histogram. This gives you a visual reference of what the brightness was set on your system. In this case, I had auto brightness set um, to on and I had it as suggested. 
given the lux value that was in the room, the ambient lighting conditions, mm. um, it picked effectively a 50% brightness range. Um, that allows us both when we aggregate these numbers as well as individually you're looking at sessions to understand the influence on the power drain that brightness had on that session. Ah. On these most devices, panel is going to be your largest consumer. Mm -hmm. So you can look at a session if you say, I just blew through a significantly more of my battery than I thought I should. Mm. Very quickly look into it. If you're up here in the 100% range, you say, ah, that's probably yeah. why. And Spins then you can reason on. potentially about was it the brightness and the conditions? It will, should tell you, you know, some reasonable ratio. If you see that you're all the way down in very low brightness, have auto brightness on, and you're up in, you know, high screen brightness, likely a bug in the curve, but most likely you're going to get a reasonable uh, distribution of where lux is versus brightness. It doesn't matter how many pixels on the screen are of a particular color. So, like, if you have a, for example, a black wallpaper versus a white wallpaper, and then obviously the windows on top of that, does that affect the battery or just? Purely the act of the screen being turned on is the draw. The color does affect battery, um, more so in OLED panels. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a significant piece in that case. Um, but across the range, yes, what your color experience is will impact the battery drain, both because, say, yellow implies a higher brightness, even though it's specific, it could be the same color range in the brightness screen overall. Um, so yes, it does, like I said, more, more on OLEDs than LCDs, but mm -hmm. it is there. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like I said, we can reason about those aspects from a screen panel standpoint. So, let me get this down here. There we go. And we can go in and look at the specific processes in that session. Now, the first thing you're going to notice is in this session, unknown carries a lot of the power. Um, the reason for this is each individual device has specific models applied across each of the components. We run those models against our estimation engine. And then as a final check, we check with the battery driver to confirm how much energy was actually consumed. Uh -huh. Depending on the session, the processes consuming, components used, the accuracy could range, be very high up in the 80% accuracy all the way down into the 30% accuracy. Nice. Um, so sometimes you're going to see sessions with a pretty high number of unknown. Mm -hmm. What that says is that, hey, there is more energy gone from the battery than we have counted for. But so the grand total of the milliwatts attributed to, uh, to a specific process is inaccurate in that state, the relative ranking is still accurate. Yeah. So see. as you look here, you know, if you look for this one, um, you know, Edge was consuming the greatest amount of power, and most of that came from display in this case. So a high amount of unknown would just sort of indicate that this device, maybe we don't have exactly the right model for how it consumes power. Correct. Uh, compared yeah. So to does that change, uh, we have the energy metering interface, uh, the, the power monitoring chips, does that change if we have those in place? It does, it does. It, devices that actually have chips per rail to monitor energy will have an improved fidelity or accuracy and less unknown. Um, an example of where that would be effective is, to go back to the color conversation, if Edge and the site I was on at that time had different color gamuts and combinations it could be consuming significantly more power, and that's not going to be picked up in a model. We've got a generic model. So all of that would then go to loss, which gets mm -hmm. attributed to unknown. But if we've got a panel, a, a maximum chip on a panel, or any kind of power meeting chip on, on the panel rail, we would pick that up and attribute it back to the uh, oh, process. So then you'd lose that from unknown, and it would get it attributed to edge. In this case, yeah. yeah, yeah. I see. And we have the same breakdown across all our sessions, active, uh, modern standby, et cetera. Yeah, and in this case, you'll see the top 50 um, consumers. So we found that to be a reasonable range. We get down into the very long tail, and it's not, not providing value. Really, the top 5 to 10 are where you're going to get the most value of understanding. Does it make sense? In this case, yes, I was on edge for that most of that time. 
situations where I'm projecting in a meeting, I see Skype and PowerPoint at the top, these all make sense. Now, if you see something in there, and you, I wasn't doing anything in that program, it wasn't active on my screen, that's a red flag to start thinking about why was that process consuming a lot more energy than I was deriving value from. So you could get display wattage even though there may not be anything visible on the screen? Like if it's a hidden window that's still getting... It is possible that... If there's rendering requests going to the GPU, yeah. it's certainly possible. Yeah, but it's like if you say it's off screen, like you dragged it off the screen, for example. So or it's not or on the panel. occluded yeah. like in a situation. Um, each individual situation would be different. It's still possible you would have some display energy attributed to it. Um, it's also possible that it could be in the model passing over the boundaries between sessions as well. Um, mo in most cases, we're working to try to slice um, that display energy just for the in-focus active applications instead of the occluded or minimized mm -hmm. ones. Yeah. So if you're a complete novice and you go, okay, I've opened up this report, what, what screams at you straight away? What should you be looking at and going, okay, a high display time is always bad, a high disk time is always bad. What are you, what's the big red flags that you're looking for in this, that the big obvious scotches? So I think that the largest um, red flag just opening this would be go into the processes and as I mentioned, just stack rank them, which we've already done for you. Mm -hmm. Look at the top consumers see if that makes sense from a rationality standpoint of what you were doing with the device during that given session. That's one of the reasons we wanted to build yeah. this is in the past we aggregated in such a way that we could see these numbers across a longer 24-hour aggregation. That doesn't give you context. If PowerPoint is the biggest consumer, you've got to think back, wow, in the last 24 hours, was I doing something with PowerPoint or was I not? In this case, you've got it specifically for a session. You can look and say, I was in a meeting at 2 p.m., that session runs from you know, 1.59 p.m. to you know, 3.01 p.m., and PowerPoint is the top consumer. Right. You know, that answers your first question. And again, there's your red flags would be that you see Outlook um, as the top consumer, even though you weren't interacting with it, or if you look in and find another, you know, another program or app that is not expected. Or if you're on our network and your IT uh, background. That's <laughs> absolutely correct. Trying yes. to like, uh, you know, scan your, hardware, your hardware, hardware inventory that your IT department is pushing down, stuff like that. That is a possibility yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, but then you'll know that that's what it was. That's yep. why my battery died. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And the next piece would be to look at brightness. And again, that, that's almost a binary flag of, is brightness a reason that the session was really a, a, an anomaly to what your normal experience is with battery life? Um, and if you see brightness at remaining at 50%, yet yeah, your experience was significantly degraded in that session, that's really when you go back into the processes and say, okay, something is spinning my CPU. So, you know, the total milliwatt, but then also CPU milliwatt would be the one to look at. And that is the CPU uh, model is our most accurate as well from an energy standpoint. Okay. So, so we just had a little uh, edit point here because, uh, ironically enough, one of our microphone batteries died, so go figure, <laughs> given the context of the conversation. But uh, what I was about to say is before coming here, I ran this this uh, just to test it out on a desktop system. And I even just found out interesting things about that. This was not a modern standby, not even a, a system with a battery, but it still showed me something interesting. I didn't realize that my system had woken up like four times last night for some reason. I don't. I haven't do dived into yet why USB woke it up or something, and then it would doze off back to standby again after an hour. So oh, you know what? We uh, can dig into that. And now I we have can. Some examples now I have. We have tool. The tool. <laughs> I now know the tool to uh, to find out. Yeah. So you mentioned non-modern standby <laughs> systems. Let's just dive in there. Um, so yes, we do run on. Uh, I can get 
that to work. Do you have to be elevated to run the PAL CFG? You do, yes. Uh, there are, because I'm understand by various background tasks that run do depict the applications that you're running in the background, that is some IP, so we prefer that you are an administrator to get that detail back, right? Cool. Right. Um, if there's one particular Windows Store app that you yeah. run, yeah, you know, right. that is your detail. So you, you don't have want to be everyone to see. Yeah, right. it makes sense. So as I said, you know, you mentioned that you ran it on a non-connected standby system or non-modern standby system. Yes, mm -hmm. we do support it there as well. Um, this is an S3-based system, mm -hmm. and you can see there is no modern standby. It just says standby. Just standby, regular right? standby. And you get all the same details that Zach mentioned about uh, the active state. But if I go to standby, I can tell how I got into standby. Was it the power button? Was it the UI? You know, all those same entry reasons exist. Mm -hmm. So do you need a GPIO-based button to know that was that? No. So no. just any we, button will tell you? Any button will know. Because if it's either a hit button, we know it's a, it's a, it's a button, right? Mm -hmm. um, basically, all these are abstracted to the power manager as power buttons. Mm -hmm. GPIO buttons allow you to have combinations of, you know, I held this down with this, and then that's what happened. Whereas if you had an HPI fixed feature hardware button, that's just toggle on or off. Yeah, right. right. So, but from our, our level of the power manager, uh, the power button was pressed, or you went to the UI, you press the sleep button, we'll have it here. Or you just idled out, right? right. Um, then you said, okay, the system woke up. Why did it wake up? Right. In this case, most systems that are S3-based will go to hibernate after three hours. Right. So you can see S4 dozed to hibernate. We woke up to active for all of one second or less than a second, and then we went to hibernate. Which is typically how it works on a legacy standby system. Right. You have to wake up and then go back down to right. hibernate. Okay. Now, systems may wake up more than that, depending on how you've set your policies, right? right you know, desktop right. systems have policies such that they can wake up for harder timers, scheduled tasks, right, whenever right. you want. And the question is, what did I wake up for? When did I wake up, et cetera. So we have some of that data here. Mm -hmm. If you actually now go into the standby session and open up this detailed OS state, you can see here, pulled in from the event viewer. This is the, the idea of pulling in that really esoteric data that's in the system event log over here. You can see that uh, we programmed the real-time clock or SPI wake alarm to three hours from the point where we went down. Ah, uh, okay. And that's how we actually wake up from S3 to go to S4. Ah, okay. Right, so that's... Yeah, makes sense. So if you're also trying to test out scheduled wakes, you can see what the hardware timer was actually scheduled to sure, by looking yeah. at these details. Um, if I go into, say, Hibernate, I can get more details. Uh, how many pages were written? How long did it take to read the hybrid file, write the hybrid file? Hmm. Um, how long did the transition take? Uh, how long did BIOS init time take? Like how much did UFI take? Sometimes uh, very little, we can't detect it, mm -hmm. or it's not reported correctly. And there's also the time that it took to uh, send the power ups to all the different drivers and bring them back up. And these are in milliseconds, I assume? These are in milliseconds, okay. yes. So we're adding more and more stuff here. Some of the stuff is mainly for you know, internal engineer use. Sure. But uh, as time goes on, we'll definitely want to document these and have more folks using these. And you know, this is your one-stop shop to kind yeah. of figure out what's going on with your system. So. so if you're a big IT house, would it be worth sending out a, I don't know, a logging script or something that runs this and collects it centrally? It would. It would. Uh, I mean, that would have to be paired side by side with the knowledge of how to actually debug yeah. it and go through it. But certainly from the perspective of trying to make sure that you know, your devices are healthy on a network, this is definitely useful. If you're kind of trying to preempt someone's battery going bad and... Sure. 
yeah. you know, ordering it before yep. disaster, right? I mean, we actually do that internally with our, you know, our auto-bugging features, if you will, right? We get these reports on folks that file bugs or selfless community. And I know Zach's team has a bunch of heuristics in place to kind of parse those reports and bubble them up into the bug directly, That's right? right? And we can take these reports and say, you know what, this is probably what you're hitting the most. And then we can aggregate that across all the different devices out there and say, okay, you know what, there's something wrong here if this is hitting the most across all systems. Let's go figure it out, right? And that applies not just to Mars Stand, but to mm. all systems. You mentioned battery health. I know that there's a, you know, a concept in these you know, batteries can only be recharged so many times and you start getting less you know, power out of them. And I know we have some reporting on that in PowerConfig. Is that also in this report? It is. is uh, some of that stuff is actually still fairly new. Uh, that's coming out in our subsequent releases. But mm -hmm. if you click this dot, 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 and this is again for modern standby sessions that are 10 minutes or longer. Mm -hmm. I call this the expert tab. Um, oh, there it is. <laughs> that's cool. So here's full charge capacity at entry and exit. What we found is that sometimes full charge capacity can actually be recalibrated throughout, as that does affect our uh, reporting. Mm -hmm. And that's something for OEMs to look at to try and make sure that stays the same value as much as possible. Physics, obviously, you can't <laughs> go against that. But sure. Um, and then you know you can see over time. I believe we have at the bottom uh, details about design capacity. There you right? go. Right. Yeah. Design capacity, full charge capacity, and then what your actual capacity was. Right. And so if that's particularly off, then maybe your battery's getting old, right, needs right. replacing. And on this machine, we have two batteries. You can see the cycle counts and what our, right. our full charge capacity versus our design capacity, the ratio is, and what you're still getting. So over two years, yeah. you can expect this number to go lower. Yeah, right? yeah. I was just thinking like in the context of like an IT, you know, admin like going, oh, okay, your battery life sucks because you're Battery's really yes. old, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah, you can see that here. Yeah, I, mean, I know I love his laptop, but I don't get many hours <laughs> these days. And it's not Windows' fault, it's the battery. The battery yeah, yeah. after. It's, it's looking a little it's, old there. So. Little I think old. it's five, six years old. Yeah, it was an and older. It has uh, been used every single day for five or six years. So it's. Yeah. It's, it's, it's degraded. I mean, it was great in the start. Don't and I think this one probably didn't have the greatest battery life to begin with. That was the few generations back of yeah. Intel chipsets with higher yeah. power consumption. Yep. The centralized view is, one, is a place where like something like the brightness histogram really comes into its own because then you can look across all consolidated sessions and say, I don't want to look at the ones where it's 100% because I know that's why it's high drain. Right. Show me the median ones and if they're still higher than expected, now show me the processes that are most common in those medians yeah. and you've got a pointer. Um, you can also find environmental variables where um, the shifting seasons will change the, use, the necessary use of brightness. Therefore, a large population, you'll see brightness go up mm -hmm. as the brightness of the day goes up and the daylight day hours are longer, and that can actually shift your overall battery life experience fairly significantly. And that comes across in this. I suppose from a smaller point of view, just the temperature of the air, right? Winter versus summer. Sure. The fans going to be struggling more to get rid of the heat, right? Oh, yeah, and, and fans, uh, sure. yeah, it's less efficient. Everything's less efficient at a higher temperature. So, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah absolutely. Fans take a lot of power, that's for sure. A uh, couple of other things I wanted to pull out here. We did mention the, the bug check. Yeah. Right? Uh, My favorite. <laughs> yes, we love we we don't love bug checks, but we love talking about love bug talking checks. About we talk about them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So at least here you can see you got a bug check, unfortunately. <laughs> and you can see, okay, we were active for four and a half minutes and then we got an admiral shutdown. This is what you see in the system event log. It says, uh, unexpected shutdown, which is probably the most frustrating system event log message yeah, that you yeah. see. And then you, you see known details about it and you go later on, you have to 
you know, pull back a different bunch of a different events, and eventually you're able to under, uh, uncover, oh, that was the bug check. So well, yeah. let's make it easier for folks. We can get you the bug check code. Very nice. Right? Now, that eight. might be a little bit more esoteric. What we talked about last two weeks ago. What's 1C8? The new manual bug check. Yes. Oh, the button one. Right, the button one. I'd forgotten. Actually, we didn't do it on Defect Tools. We did it on uh, an inside episode. Inside episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. One C eight. That's a new one. That's a new one. Yeah. 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 So it, you know, mostly because one is probably nine F or yeah, fourteen F on these yeah. systems. So you'll see that here. E two manual reset. <laughs> yes. Scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talked about that in previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so bug checks, and then just to show you that this is still the same report that we love. Um, all the details will monitor standby, yeah. your histogram around the deepest runtime idle platform state, the various activators, the devices that may be keeping the system up and running, uh, those are all still here in, in their full glory. Um, the one other thing, a couple other things I want to talk about here, we did, you know, there's some minor additions we've made to monitor standby itself, just to kind of put some finishing touches here. Uh, we got a lot of cases where, you know, the system would idle out and then you'd get user input. Mm. You know, maybe the touchpad wasn't quite calibrated correctly, or there was something connected, and you get user input, and always be trying to figure out what that issue was. Somebody bumped a mouse. Somebody bumped a mouse, and yeah. it would just say user input, and they'd be you know going through all the different input devices, trying to figure out well, what was it. Yeah. They file a bug, we do traces, and eventually we get to figuring out what the real problem is. Well, what we've done is we've instrumented Winter Decay to give us that detail directly in the report. So now I can tell you: is it the keyboard? Is it the pen? Is it the touchpad versus an external mouse? Is it the touch screen? So here's an example where I woke up with the keyboard, and that tells you right there. That's so very cool. does the mouse jitter happen much? I mean, is that a big problem in the ecosystem where a mouse is sitting there will just vibrate? It, um, it, it does. Uh, folks sitting at a table and still might be in CS, and you come up to it, and the mouse just moves yeah. a little bit. That does generate input, and it does bring the screen up. So it is something we're actually looking at in the current release. The are, are there ways that we can distinguish between uh, whether that mouse is just moving versus a click. Or even more so, if the lid is closed, then should we be even respecting input? Mm -hmm. right? So there's different things we're looking at, how to make the system much more robust. It depends whether there's a monitor attached. And, and that is <laughs> another point. And PCs have had that um, in the BIOS for years, that, you know, wake on mouse and wake on keyboard, right? It's just an extension of that. You mentioned whether there's another monitor connected. Well, uh, I think I can tell you that, right, by... I just want to show you, we're thinking ahead already. Right there. External monitor yeah. connected state. Ah, very cool. So that's that's baked in, so you'll be able to use that logic. That is logic. baked in. Uh, cool. One more point, see the session right here is less than 10 minutes, as I was mentioned before. So we can't give you everything. Not sure where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> so we can give you details about sessions that are less than 10 minutes. Obviously, it's limited details, but we still give that to you for the full timeline. And then now, would that also apply for uh, Wi-Fi projected, Wi-Fi direct, like Miracast, or would it only be physical? Uh, it would apply to Miracast as well. Um, we do basically look at all external monitor connections. We're not we're, we're not privy to whether it's a physical monitor or not. Oh. Good to know. That's good actually, because you're pulling down power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Achieving it, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, you go, oh, my, my, my laptop was closed and I was mirror casting Netflix to the TV. Yep. Well, you know what? You're using battery to achieve that. <laughs> the thing is that it, with these systems, actually, we, we, we actually keep the, the internal monitor on while you're doing mirror casting as well. Mm -hmm. they, they don't idle out independently. 
Right. That is something that happens on our mobile platforms. Uh, we'll work into them on our desktop platforms. Cool. Um, and then the last point here, uh, you know, particularly for OEMs and our uh, SOC partners. So you'll see there's this entry called SOC Subsystems. Mm -hmm. Right, and this has been around for a while. I just wanted to highlight some of the addition work that uh, various silicon partners are doing. System, system on a chip. Yes. System on a chip. Yes, that is you know the heart of all these systems here, right? And as as much as we believe the OS uh, should be able to control everything, the SOC does have a mind of its own. It does have its own internal you know, scorekeeping of whether it can go down or not. So while we can't align everything, sometimes there are some things that the OS just can't see. Mm. And debugging that is not easy without pulling the silicon partner in. So the silicon partners themselves have this ability to inject into the sleep into the system power port, excuse me, uh, details about what's actually preventing the system mm. from going down. So you know we've been working with various silicon partners. In this case, this would be Intel, and you know this probably makes more sense to an Intel engineer than me. But these are the various subsystems under the covers. It can tell us how long that subsystem has been blocking. And this applies to all our silicon partners. They have, you know, different uh, subsystems that they can enumerate within their power engine plugin. It's a piece of software they have on there. So this is this is work that's happening on the motherboard that's not associated with the CPU. It's like a, it's another Correct. processing yes. unit. Sometimes in the old world we would say things like the North Bridge and the South Bridge, which were actually were separate chips. Yes. Um, now they're baked into the Intel chip, but it's no, other it's chips like that on the motherboard. It's chip. It's all one chip. Other right. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this might be things like responding to ping on a network card, even though your CPU is not turned on. Uh, is it more I, I, I than think that? yeah, it's a bit more esoteric than that. There's, you know, maybe you talk to your power management uh, IC, and there's some clock reel that's not going down because of some, you know, uh, peripheral that's not visible to the OS. Say some you know uh, side processing chip that's mm -hmm. used for offload stuff that the, the OS has no control or visibility on. But for some reason, you know, hardware issues occur, that thing is on. And that's what's preventing the SOC from going down. So this is very good for us when we're developing new hardware. And yes. OEMs and ODMs are are trying to debug. Why does this power usage seem a little bit higher than right. it should be? And everything looks fine, but we're using all this power. Oh, maybe it's one of these SOC components right. maybe isn't behaving. So right. silicon partners usually have their own in-house tools that they provide, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Intel has the power mounting tool. Um, the way we look at this with our OEMs is that in partnership with our silicon partners, this is your first line of you know triage, if you will. I see. You open this up. Is it a software issue? Is it a device issue? Is it a SOC issue? Right. And from right. there, you're able to go to the next step. If it's a SOC issue, okay, where is it exactly? Right. And if you want that more you know level of detail, then you switch to the other tools, tracings, etc. So right. this is not a root causing tool. It's more like a finger pointing tool, right? But at yeah. least gets you to reduce that scope of what you're looking at to what really matters. So Intel has to keep developing their powerhouse mountain tool. They do. But we will at least point people in their direction. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very cool. Right on. Uh, anything else we want to cover here? That's all I had. That's everything I had as well. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Very cool. Yeah, uh, great tool. Kind of one-stop shop for everything uh, power-related when it comes to, like, why is my system waking up? Why is it going to sleep? Why is it using more power than it should? How much power is it using? Very cool. This is great to see the whole thing evolve into a broader and broader and, and more complete story. Yeah, I mean, this is the power of the feedback we get from, oh, we have even insiders. Insiders are starting to use this tool too, right? Yeah, you know, So, yeah. you know, we get that all the time and we add it into our features. Very cool. So keep uh, keep on using those insider builds and giving that feedback. That's very cool. 
All right. Well, that's our show. If you have questions or comments, put them in the show notes down below or email us at defragtools at microsoft.com. Thanks for watching. See you next week. Thank you.